The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Pollard streaks in! Your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris, John Mashoda, and Kyle Yeomans. It's a Wednesday edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company live from the star in Frisco, Texas in the SWBC studios. It is week week 16. It's the Cowboys and the Dolphins coming up on Sunday. Christmas Eve matchup 325 <laughs> this week. The the What was that? Yeah, I'll yeah. do that again. There's it. That's it. No. That's the only one? Yeah, we got to wait until later it was in the kinda, week. It, it didn't feel it's like it was it's full not, blown. It's not Friday yet, Kyle. Are you going to do that when you pick the Dolphins on Friday? Ooh. Oh, I heard a gulp. <laughs> <laughs> it turns in it's straight, straight cartoon gulp. Like, you know, we have a whole week full of studying and yeah, there's a lot that can happen between now and then. Absolutely. Oh, you don't know right now? No, I think, I think you do. I do. I think. I think, you, I think he knows. I think I know. I know. No, no. Based off of yesterday, it seems like see, you're pretty confident. See, throughout the week, I have a lot of conversations. I yeah. talk with the you know players, the coaches, scouting departments. Flex, I have flex, a lot flex. of conversations throughout yeah. the week. Watch a yeah. lot of film. Flex. Find, get find more out stats. if Tyreek Hill is playing or not. Get more. I mean, it really doesn't matter if he plays or not. You don't think so? No. Oh, okay. you, you then, don't then you have already made matters. your decision. Then. It does matter. It, it does totally matter. matters. It definitely matters. But in, I'm talking about their approach. Their approach won't. It won't change. Sure. But having Tyreek Hill, having Tyreek Hill on the field matters. <laughs> that matters. But their strategy against the Cowboys, it doesn't matter. Yeah, he's about to, he's about to be uh, Mr. Two K here in about yes. three weeks. That's what their goal is. Yeah, if he plays, they're gonna force feed the crap yeah. out of him. Yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about that today. Yeah. He'll go for 200 yards. He'll try to go for 200 yards against Dallas if yeah. he plays. And that's the that's the thing. Of, you talk about individuals that the Cowboys have played this year. And I don't want to say fear because you don't necessarily fear anybody, but concern about an, an individual focus on an individual. Can you fear players in this league anymore? Yes. As soft as this league has gotten? Yes. You can? Absolutely. Uh, Who would I'm you not fear? Sure about that. What I'd would fear be your... Tyreek Hill. Okay, so you can yeah, fear Tyreek. Absolutely. I have okay. a high regard for Tyreek Hill. Yeah, well, if you put some good weapons around him, I would greatly fear Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Great. Yeah. Okay, that's a good one. Derrick Henry. I don't want to see Derrick Henry coming down the hill on me. Not with this defense. <laughs> uh, Christian McCaffrey? McCaffrey. Yeah. Debo. He would be up there. You you could fear Debo at this Absolutely. point? Do you fear anybody on this Cowboys team? CD? CD. Yeah. Okay. Micah? I guess yeah. from a defensive yeah. standpoint. Yeah. <clears throat> CD and Micah? I think that's fair. That's probably the two that yeah, you fear. And Brandon Aubrey. Clearly, you fear Micah Parsons because if you didn't, you'd be like, "No, nah, we'll just put one guy over there. We'll yeah. just see what happens." Fear is a strong word. Go fear through is, it. Like, I just, Did you ever fear anybody on the field? Let's talk about the one time, of fear. one player. Who? It was Brian Dawkins. Mm, Only that's player. A good one. I mean, but that's. I better. find it hard to believe that if you were playing defensive back in the time that you were in the NFL, that you wouldn't have feared Randy Moss. No, I mean. I didn't play against yeah. Randy. I mean, I, I did play against, but I played right, with but Randy. Saying, no, but I'm saying <clears throat> you were a defensive back in the league, and you had a check I'm sure Randy. there was. Yeah, I mean, when I, when I think about the word fear, mm-hmm. I think about physical yeah, fear back and him throwing up the... Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I fear, like, fear to me is like... They can hurt you. They can hurt you. Yeah. Physically hurt you. Oh. I see what you're saying. Yeah, so, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not saying, that, like, for me, like... Oh, I think there's some fear in getting embarrassed. Yeah, I see. You don't want to be so. If you want to talk about just tape. fear, like in terms of like, oh, like he's a scary player, like, like he can he can destroy you. Yeah. Like okay, yeah, Tyreek Hill. Yeah. He's probably the <clears throat> only player in this league that I would fear. I get what you're saying because when you said about the way the games change, so if you're going from a, a being scared of standpoint, you are right on the defensive yeah, side. That's how much they've about. taken yes. out of it. Yeah. 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 Like back in the day, you you had to, there were certain routes. I mean, you t- did you guys see the Tom Brady quote? Yeah. Yeah. In regards to the, the NFL suspension of the other player yeah, from yeah. Pittsburgh, yeah, I mean, he, he was he, such a physical player. So I like no, no, but, he, but he's he's absolutely stuff. correct though. <laughs> like he's absolutely correct because I was in those meetings when when he would throw a ball and get West blown yeah. up, and it, he yeah. was super apologetic, you yeah. know, and like. I just but, remember but, him but talking. Had, I just wanted that time when he was t- when he was playing. Where was that time when he was playing? I hear you. Why do we got it he now? It. Now he wanted the benefits of of the, yeah. of the softness. Yeah, but, yeah, he did. But certainly prolonged that like, career a little bit, didn't it, Tom? Yes, there's it no. Did. You can't okay. fear. You can't physically fear players anymore. I don't think yeah. that is even possible. It's not even like 
It's not allowed. Yeah. Well, what, sure. from like a game plan standpoint, I think is what we're talking about. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. The only player in the league that I would fear is Tyreek Hill. You don't fear Patrick Mahomes with weapons? No. I mean, with Tyreek Hill. I respect him. I respect him. <laughs> yeah, right. With Tyreek Hill. <laughs> I, re- I respect him. But like, in terms of like somebody just completely just tearing down your game plan, it's Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. Only play, only for me, only player in the league that I say, oh, you know what, this dude doesn't matter what you do. If you double team him, he still runs past your double team. If you play twenty yards off, he still runs past your. You know, he'll run underneath, catch it, and then run past your whole team. That even if, even if they have angles, he's the only person that can literally just tear down whatever it is that you had that you had ready for him. I would argue Justin Jefferson when he's healthy. Um, yeah, that's cool. I, I mean, I think he's top two, and sometimes not two when he's healthy. So I, I'd put him in that category as well. And we're talking running backs. I mean, I feel like there's a good two or three. You got McCaffrey. You got Derrick Henry. Um, gosh, I can see you wanting to say Bijan Robinson here, but no, not, Hunter yeah. Lipke, not Bijan just yet. But I think <laughs> Nick Chubb when there. he's healthy, Nick Chubb when he's healthy, yeah, um, that's a good one. But yeah, I, I think there's a handful of players. There's, there's, there's like, literally, there's only a handful. I, I put Tyreek in that conversation. I put Micah in that conversation, mm-hmm. and Miles Garrett. probably one. Miles Garrett is the last one. Yep, yeah. that's the only, only three. What about uh, one of the Boses? Nope. Those are, so, I mean, I respect. I have a high respect for those guys. Yeah. But in terms of like, when when I think about fearing somebody, I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like they 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 physically can. <clears throat> what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know, but with the way you're saying it, it makes me think of Aaron Donald, though. Yeah, Aaron Donald's a beast, but I mean, he's slowing down. Yeah. In his prime, though, that would be. Yeah, wait absolutely. a second. Absolutely. Wait a second. He's by choice. He's slowing down by choice. We had a conversation yeah, by leading into the Rams. No, no, we did about, at that I time. Was, no, at that on, time though. Hold on. I was like, I think he's starting <laughs> I remember, to decline. No, he's not. No, no. I, at that time, at that time, he was not. At the time, he's not. But he's but he's chilled out. I mean, I'm not saying that it's not by it's not by. I'm on your game, stand back. It's not by Adrian. <laughs> he is he has literally throttled it down. But we said, what was he, what did we say going into that game? He was going to turn it up for the Cowboys. Yeah. yeah. Right. And in that first series, he turned it up for the Cowboys. Right. And then after I, that, what happened? He's. I like, fear him just walking. <laughs> was that when it started? Down. Was that when it started? No, he throttled down. Yeah. He, <laughs> I would be I'd be scared if he just walked by right now. Yeah. He's a, he, no, he he is a guy who can literally just be a game wrecker. And that's what I'm talking about. Like somebody that it doesn't matter physically, you can't stop them. Yeah, that's what that's what I think about physically one on one. You can't stop Micah Parsons. No, physically one on one, you can't stop Tyreek Hill. Yeah, physically one on one, Miles Garrett. Don't even try it. Mm-hmm. You, just, you know what I'm saying? There's just certain guys that are just not of this earth. Looks that, like, that's looks that. like that MVP. I mean, the Defensive Player of the Year race looks like it's going to come down to Micah and Miles Garrett. By the way, yeah. just thinking of that real quick, I, yeah. I've checked the odds this morning. And Miles Garrett like, is a physical specimen. Like he's, I've seen this dude in the airport before, and I'm like, what is that? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like yeah. like the, he he gives me the vibes when I first saw when I first played against Julius Peppers. I was like, well, like I don't know what that is. Like you weren't that was created. That was not born. There's no way you 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 came out of a womb. Uh, yeah. So Tyreek Hill needs to average 153 yards over the course of the next three games to hit 2K. I don't know that's been a big goal for his and yes. that offense as well. So and Coach McDaniel's loves making right. his players happy. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, so expect him to get his if. Uh, if he plays on Sunday. All right, let's get into some news and notes. Anything yes. from the Cowboys well, yesterday? You know, it was a Tuesday yesterday. It was a Tuesday. As, as Tuesdays go around here, there's not a whole lot to to throw around. So um, I, I think the big thing today that we're going to be looking at, um, they return to the practice field in a walkthrough setting. They'll go in a walkthrough later today um, with it being a travel week, them coming off of a travel week. Um, so it'll be kind of a different day, but they will have a practice estimation as far as injuries go. So mm-hmm. a couple of big guys that you'll be looking at is Zach Martin and Malik cooker um and then obviously jonathan hankins not expecting hankins to go this week i'm not uh but we'll see if maybe the uh, practice report uh, gives any confidence and then also you got a couple more guys that got banged up in that buffalo game damone clark will be one to look at to see if he's on the injury report um see if rico dowdle is is still popping up with that ankle injury as the season goes on so there'll be quite a bit to look at from that standpoint uh did see jonathan hankins in the building this morning and he was able to Walk around, look good. Looked like he was he was feeling pretty good. That was just a quick look, though. It wasn't like I sat there and analyzed Jonathan Hankins or anything. He's like, hey man, but, can you prop your ankle up on this table? Yeah, hey dude, real quick. real quick. I'm I'm finishing my just omelet. Why, can you? Why just you're eating your put breakfast? That right there. <laughs> yeah, appreciate it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> real real quick. Uh, do you if you had to put confidence level on guys that you think could miss, what would it be? Just midweek, and we could probably revisit it on Friday. As like far as right Hankins, now, yeah. Hooker, 
um, and then some of those other names that might pop up on the injury report. From I think last Hooker week. plays just because he was so close to playing in Buffalo. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think Hankins plays. I think Zach Martin, I'd put it at like 70% confidence that he does play. So 70% isn't as high as I thought it would be. Well, I, we'll, we'll see how the practice reports come out this week and we'll kind of go from there. I mean, they're I think the you're just going with his number. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, that, there that makes go. sense. That's, that's exactly good. what I was yeah. doing. I like He's right over your shoulder. That's the reason I thought it. Sorry. <laughs> nice. He's um, staring at me. But yeah, I, I'd give it 70 right now, uh, just, and we'll see how the week progresses. Okay. What do yeah. you think? No, I would agree with that. Um, at least today, you know, I don't think Hankins will play either, but at least today, mm-hmm. we'll probably get something from Mike McCarthy on just where he's at there. I think if Hankins doesn't play in this game and doesn't play against Detroit, then why would you play him against Washington? Yeah. You would just save him for the playoffs. I think that that's the more likely. You can't lose. Yeah, what's that? It's the only game that you can't afford to lose. Yeah, what's that? Probably the only game that you oh, can Washington. win without him. Yeah, that's what I meant. Like more so. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Look at there. Yeah. Um, so I I don't feel very confident in Hankins at all, but I do think I do think Zach Martin and Emily Cooker will play in this game. Okay. I'm also that's interested good. to see if CD Lamb shows up on the injury report. He just took some hits, was limping around a little bit during the game, and maybe he's yeah. maybe he's fine. But there was just a couple of times where I was like, man. He, he got lit up a little bit there, you know? I'll tell you, that post-corner that um, was completed on, like, a third and seven yeah. from Dak, it was second or third offensive drive. It was like, okay, they're starting to build some offensive momentum here. And he took that lick from, I think it was Jordan Poyer that got yep. him, like, right in the back. Yeah. And, gosh, I didn't think he'd pop up from that and immediately popped up. Looked I good, can't so. think of another player his size or smaller that – takes like bigger hits and then just kind of keeps rolling like you'd think yeah. oh he's gonna probably get up slow from that one and just he he plays bigger than his size i think he's yeah. even made jokes about him and dak joking around mm-hmm. about like yeah. you know you're trying to play like you're you know 15 pounds heavier than what you are but yeah. he does i mean and, and he was like that you know at oklahoma too where yep. you know he was he's a more physical than i think you'd give him credit for just, just seeing him uh when he comes out on the field so i'm not saying he's gonna you know be missing games or anything like that. I'm just I'm wondering if he showed yeah. up on the injury report at all. Devontae Smith took some hits like that at Alabama, and it was I think that's part of what made his Heisman season so special is that he would just get tagged, and then the very next play would get 30 more yards. Yeah, and just like all right. <laughs> it, both of those guys, whenever they were coming out in terms of draft coverage, the one of the fun like funny comparisons that they make with these long lanky receivers is that they're built like Gumby. I, I, and you have the the Gumby build. I think C.D. Lamb bends like Gumby too, because whenever he does take a hit, it almost looks like it never phases him. And and that's why I'm interested too, John, because you you brought up how he was limping around, and there was maybe a physical look to it. Yeah, against Buffalo, you don't see that a whole lot from C.D. Even if he does get tagged, he gets hit pretty t- pretty hard. He's going to be right back up in, in, in the huddle, and he's jogging back. He's got his little CD jog where he's got his arms in tight, and he kind of runs back to the huddle. Yeah, I, I think he he's as flexible and as durable as any receiver that we've seen in a Cowboys uniform, uh, at least early in his career. I don't know if that'll continue uh, as you continue on in your NFL tenure because you're going to take some big hits along the way. But do you think Micah Parsons shows up on the injury report from the knee? Maybe a bit of a hyperextension there from when Marquise Bell threw a Bills player on top of the knee. Uh, I I don't think so, at least. He was able to play the rest of the game. Yeah, he was able to finish the game, and I I didn't see him limping around or anything in the locker room. That's good. um, I believe he was even asked about it, and he he didn't pay it much attention. So, um, yeah, the only one I'm really looking at is Damone Clark. unless I'm forgetting one off the top of my head, but that's that's the only one I'm really taking a look at right now. I know Curse went down at one point, but he, he stayed in the game, so maybe take a look at Curse as well, but Clark and Curse, I guess. Yeah. Okay, two good ones to keep an eye on going into practice today. Is it a morning practice? It'll be a walkthrough in the afternoon about 4, 4.15. Got it. Yeah. Sounds good. All right, we'll give you updates on that tomorrow. When we come back here on Talking Cowboys, it's a Wednesday, so we're previewing the Dallas defensive preview against this Miami Dolphins offense. Give me one name, Isaiah, that we're going to focus on in this next segment. Tua. Tua. Okay, I was going to say that wasn't Tyreek Hill, so that works out well. When we come back here on Talking Cowboys. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 
5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot, Rowdy, cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a soldier to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. This portion of the show is brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Did you get it in this morning, Isaiah? I sure did. Thank goodness. <laughs> we needed it. <laughs> to laugh at, at the end. Nobody is more excited to about breakfast than this man right here. You gotta have it. It is true. I didn't use I was never I wasn't not always that way. Jay. Here, here when you go. played you weren't? Here we go. No. Oh okay. No. I you know when breakfast I played talk. I didn't even take vitamins. Okay. Because I was scared to get hit, you know, for yeah, yeah. stimulants. Oh I've seen those yeah. things up in the locker room that lists yeah. everything and there's a lot of stuff. There's a in lot there. of crap, bro. Yeah. It's like even if it's protected, you're not protected. So Yeah. Hmm. For the longest, bro, it wasn't until I think my fourth year in the league I started taking vitamins. But nutrition, man, is everything now. Hmm. Wish I would have known. There you go. Glad you finally figured it out, Isaiah. Yeah, me too. Thanks Goodness. Notes. After you made it to the NFL, got drafted. I figured it out. Had halfway a great through. college career. Halfway through my career. After and a couple you surgeries. Figured it out. After my seventh after my seventh surgery, I figured it out. Oh, good. Yep. When you after were when you were playing, what would you say was the percentage of guys on their team that were really uh focused on that type of stuff? Yeah. As opposed to I can still eat fast food By all the time time i got to probably by my third year i I, there's a lot of guys who were here in dallas not many yeah when i got to new england obviously you got you know tb12 and guys of that nature but then yeah when i got to new york it was to a whole nother level there's guys that i played with in new york who literally were taking injectable vitamins Mm. and to this day they live and die by it Hmm. guys who have retired and they still like they order from medical doctors like a needle one yes they get vials of, of straight not gonna make the joke. Vitamins, and them cats is giving each other, giving giving themselves in, in injections in the locker room, and it was straight, just straight vitamins. But like they had blood work done multiple times throughout the year. The Giants would do blood work multiple times throughout the year, give you your reports to see where you're deficient at. Like they did things the right way, and that's why it allowed, it gave guys the information needed to mm. take care of themselves the way that they could. So. That was that was pretty dope about that organization at that time. Not gonna lie, whenever I did a Quaker Oats read, I didn't think this is where that conversation would end up, but life, I'm glad it did. Life comes at you fast, Kyle. Yeah, you get to learn some stuff. Let's learn some stuff about this Miami offense and what they have. Fang, speed, right? <laughs> speed, 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 <laughs> speed. Uh, it's a good movie, by the way. <laughs> what? Speed. speed? Yeah. I was thinking, yeah, that's that's a good one. All right, Cowboys allowed. 266 rushing yards this past Sunday. Hmm. How worried should they be about a relapse here in Week 16? Very. 
Uh, the guy who calls the plays and the guy who just happens to be the head coach of the team is the same guy who ran the ball on you some years back. Double M? Yeah. You got Mike McCarthy versus Mike McDaniel. Yep. It's the double M, M battles. M&M. Um, <laughs> and, he, and he's, huh? The Mike Mick battle? Yeah. I, mm. think, I think they um, they're, they're, they need to be worried about it. And mainly because of the fact I think the second level defenders – it includes the linebackers and the safeties that drop down into the box for the Dallas Cowboys. They have not been playing instinctively, meaning that they haven't been decisive in shooting their gaps or filling the voids in um, running lanes. They've been a little bit hesitant, and this is not a game, obviously, especially coming off the Buffalo game. You've put some things on film early in the year. You affirm those things in this most recent week. This is not a game to hesitate in your willingness to 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 go make a play, um, I'm not saying that they don't want to make a play, obviously, but you can't hesitate. You gotta if you're gonna be wrong, be wrong at 100 miles per hour, mm. and live with it, and get better from it, and get coached from it. But you can't get caught in between. Should I hit this? Should I not? Should I go this way? Should I not? Like players play off of each other in this game with this speed. If you thought you know Cook Cook was fast, these guys are faster, and there's multiple guys that they use um, not only just the two running backs out there that they're rotating through but they also will utilize their receivers around the Barack as well for the end of rounds and things of that nature so secondary second level defenders you guys are going to have to be aggressive be decisive and want to enforce your will otherwise it's going to turn into a doggone circus out there what would you say about their offensive line and the only reason why I say that is because if you watch you know the all 22 of just the Cowboys there's plays that have happened this season the one that comes to mind for me is the Jalen Carter uh, fumble return for a touchdown on deck where, man, if it's just one second longer, mm-hmm. boom, touchdown. And you can have guys running open, but if your offensive line isn't to that level, that it won't matter as much because Tua's going to be in duress, he might not see it, or he might be getting taken down. Like, how would you, how do you think that this offensive line will stack up against, I guess, the pass rush of the Dallas Cowboys? I think if they try to hold the ball, they're going to run into some problems. Because I think, you know, Dallas obviously, um, was it? I think they lead the league in pressures. Uh, so they obviously they're going to give most teams some issues in that regard. But they do a, such a great job, especially Tua, of getting the ball out. I mean, he gets the ball out probably quicker than anybody um, outside of Dak. And he's able to do that because you don't, as much as they have the, the ability to push the ball down the field, they don't have to push the ball down the field he can get Tyreek Hill he can get Waddle he can get any of those guys the ball in their hands you know at the line of scrimmage you know on a bubble screen and it turns into a first down or you can get it to them on a quick slant and or even if you're playing cover two and you're playing five guys underneath I'm I can't tell you how many clips I've already chopped up of them playing teams playing cover two safe defense against these guys yeah covering underneath and covering over the top and two is getting the ball out when Tyreek Hill is literally coming up on the linebacker who's five yards down the field, and he's throwing it into the cover two hole between the linebacker and the safety. The ball's already out. So your ability to get to Tua by the time that Tyreek Hill runs six yards, slim, slim. That's a lot, a lot of, of trust from a quarterback standpoint, though. It's a ton of trust, but they under him. Obviously, Mike McDaniels, he's done a great job of showing his guys what your responsibilities are. So the complimentary players that are around Waddle and Tyreek Hill, I'm, I'm going to keep saying those names because obviously those are their biggest threats. The complimentary players around them understand these are the coverages that teams are going to play against us, and these are my responsibilities to try to pull coverage away from our primary players. Hmm. So if I know that your responsibility is, is, a hook, is a hook drop, then I am going to run my route specifically into that area to make you drive down on that. And if you don't, then I'll get the ball, right? But they literally are just running guys into zones to take guys away from responsibilities and then freeing up Waddle and Tyree Hill. And it's not complicated football. And once you get it, you know, like, first of all, teams aren't going to play man against us. And if they do, good luck, right, in terms of speaking for Miami. Yeah. So when you're, whenever teams go too high, there's only so many coverages. And based upon those coverages, I'm going to run my route to challenge your responsibilities. And as long as I do my job and you, I know what your job is supposed to be in this coverage, then we win. Yeah. And, it, and, it's, and it at that point, it just comes down to timing. If Tua holds the ball, he finds himself in trouble. If he gets the ball out on time, 
most of the time it's the opposing team that's going to be in trouble because of their ability to run the ball after they catch it. I'm Pre- curious to see what they, they rely upon in this game. Do yeah. they rely Me upon too. the pass or do they re- rely upon the run? Because you look at their weapons in, in both of those areas and you look at their offensive line, they got some injuries up front, mm-hmm. where do they you know try to – try to find success for me if i'm if i'm attacking this dallas defense without jonathan hankins on on sunday afternoon i'm attacking the edges and I, yeah. I'm, I'm trying yeah. to get devonna chain and uh or hn i guess is uh, that's, that's how, how he gonna, i'm gonna it. have to yeah. get used to that um and uh <laughs> raheem moster it's a chan he changed it earlier in the year it was a chain initially the nfl put out their whole pronunciation guide it was a whole thing during the the draft and then he went off for like 200 yards in a game this year and he's like oh yeah by the way my name is pronounced a chan and I've known this kid since he was like a sophomore in high yeah. school, and I was like, you couldn't have told me this like seven years ago. <laughs> well, that's my thought is like you went through the recruiting yeah. process, then went to Texas A and M, always been a chain, then went got drafted, and it's it was a chain the entire way. Anyway, and then a by the chain. way, he has one big game a- in the NFL. C H Chan. So the it's A like letter A like Jackie Chan, Chan. Jackie and then Chan. Chan. Got you. C H A N. It's like Jackie Chan, but just A Chan. Yep, A Chan. There you <laughs> anyway, go. Continue. I, uh, I, 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 if I'm Miami, I'm attacking the edges with those two guys and trying to get them out in space and letting them cook because like both of those guys, they're track stars. Literally, both of them come from track backgrounds, um, ran track in college, and there's a reason that this is the fastest team in the NFL and potentially the fastest team in NFL history. Yeah. It's because of those two guys and Tyreek Hill, of course. Going into this game if, and then going into the previous game do these backs scare you more yes. than cook <laughs> yes absolutely okay. just because i i looked at what cook could do outside the edges when he was breaking contain <laughs> when he was breaking contain and he's not as fast as yeah. these guys and he's, he's a quick back you know but he's, he's more physical you know um but these guys if you give them a sliver of a hole they're gone and we, we saw we've seen that a few times this mm-hmm. season so and that's why that's the line doesn't have this. to be amazing that's the thing. Like their O line doesn't have to be world beaters because of that. I mean, mm-hmm. If they can create a, a crack, then them guys are going to turn it into a doggone ravine. You know, like it's just they don't have to be world beaters up mm-hmm. front in order to give their guys opportunities. With that being said, I want I want to hear all of your guesses. If you had to rank, if you if you had to guess where Miami ranks in terms of pressure rate allowed without looking at it. Where would they be in the NFL? Would they be middle of the road? Would they be above average, below average? I mean, where would they be pressure out of the 32 allowed? teams? Yeah, it, in terms of offensive line, pressure rate allowed, where would they be? I'd put This is just like a dart. I'd put them like eighth. Okay. That, that seems like a, yeah. a possibility. I would say just because they're getting the ball out quick, they're probably pretty high. Okay. Um, so allowed or pressure rate allowed. So, amount of times the quarterback is pressured, Tua is pressured. Yeah, I don't think he's pressured that much. So, yeah, I, would, I don't know, top 10 in the league? They're number one. Yeah. They are the top team in the NFL in terms of pressure rate allowed. They only allow pressure on 26% of the snaps. Okay, that's okay. So, they are number one. Nothing yeah. Is, yeah. None of these numbers that I've heard and everything that I've seen gives me confidence. And you want me to you want me to run through them? Let's run through them. All right. They're number two in terms of average pass EPA, of course, expected uh, EPA. Then you've got – what does EPA stand for again? <laughs> yeah. I always forget Ex- what it's – Expected it pass air yards, I think. Yeah, something, something like that. I don't even know. i got to go back and look at it. Uh, pistol percentage, second. Play action percentage, second. Shift and motion percentage, first. Yeah. Pressure rate, first. Uh and then two running back sets, they are second in the NFL. And so. that's only because they didn't have HN for eight weeks or however long it was. They were easily. Hey, they had Jeff Wilson to, and Green. Yeah, G-G. and that plays to what I was just talking about in terms of McDaniel's and how he's educating his offensive weapons, his his um, skill position players. They do all that motion not because it's fun to do, not because it looks cool. They're doing that to gain information. Like, they're literally doing that not only for the office coordinator to gain information, but the players are digesting information. Every time they shift, every time they move, they're looking at how you adjust to it. And based upon what you adjust to or how you adjust to it, they now know what your responsibilities are. Mm-hmm. Expected points added, by the way. Oh, That's EPA. Oh, there you go. <laughs> okay. I always forget what But he also got to factor in a little bit here, too, of the teams that they've played. Like, how many teams have they played that really have what you would think is, like, a really excellent pass rush? I mean, this team isn't undefeated. They have lost games, Facts. you know? And the thing I go back to is the way that they – I think the most notable win of this entire NFL season, for me – is probably them beating Denver 70 to 20 just cuz you don't see games like that, you yeah. know. And then the next week they did very similar to what the Cowboys did in Buffalo. I mean, yeah. 
you know so there's just something about this you, team where on paper i do they are scary but there is i mean you still got to go out there and play the game absolutely. you know and they're and and they have lost games and they have i mean i don't know do you think that that you think that denver game was personal for them Yes. Oh, well, yeah. If you're going to score 70 points on somebody, you're, you're. Why do you think it was personal? Sean Payton, because he was talking mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and Mike McDaniel's from Denver, and he applied to be a Denver coach. He was a ball boy there, and they didn't give him an opportunity. He applied for an internship after he was a ball mm-hmm. boy. They said no, didn't call him back. And then there's like a whole scenario there. Too. Do you think there's any personal grudges in this game? Uh,. Not that I can think of do other than think? Cedric Wilson. Hmm. <laughs> I, I would you say one? Cedric Wilson. I, I, I do. Yard game, Again, I don't think. All right, what's yours? I have one. What's yours? VF. I was going to Fangio. Okay, I would think Mike McCarthy towards him more Both. than the other way yeah. around. Absolutely. Yeah, because that was the one I, I was going to say. You talk about like cornerstone wins and how seventy twenty was a cornerstone win of twenty twenty three. That's that Denver game. That thirty to sixteen. They scored two touchdowns late to try and make it close. Mm-hmm. Where so it was thirty to nothing at AT and T Stadium. That one, for some reason, sticks in my head too. When Mike and McCarthy, I know it sticks in Mike's head. Yeah. When Mike McCarthy, I didn't know this at the time. I looked this up the other day. When Mike McCarthy was in Green Bay and Vic Fangio was in Chicago, they their two teams played each other. When they had those roles seven times, wow! And, and Green Bay was six and one, mm. and so part of me thinks that when Vic said that after the game, that that was Mike being like, oh, "Okay, yeah, you got us all figured out," type thing like that, you know. And he's not going to say that, you know, publicly. Yep. But I, I, but I'm sure that that's something that you know, especially with there's a difference between that game against Denver, where you're the head coach but you're not calling plays, to now mm-hmm. you're the one calling the plays. So that's the one. That I was th- I was thinking of, but I didn't know if there was anything else that you were no, thinking of. Like, I'm thinking about like did, versus... did Mike McDaniel try and work for the Cowboys as a ball boy? Like, <laughs> I don't do we need know. to factor this in? <laughs> I like that though. I like Fangio versus McCarthy as as a talking point because that's something that you don't necessarily get a chance to think about. We'll talk about it more tomorrow yeah. whenever we're previewing offense. I think it's defense. a real thing though. It totally yeah, is a absolutely. real thing, especially after that 30 to 16 and what that ended up looking like. And then what about the cheetah versus the lion? That, those talks started early in the season. Yeah, I think they're friends though. I, I think yeah. so too. I think, they're I, think so. I think so too. I don't think that's real beef, but I just think you know, just quarterly. I think it's fun. He's for those always guys. got Tyreek's jersey as one of them yeah. that's up behind Michael him. Michael loves Tyreek. Yeah, yeah. Loves I think Tyree. I think they I think they're really cool. I think they have fun. Probably play Madden. But I you're think, not concerned at all with this ankle injury at all? No. Okay. Not at all. Not at all. There was a report <laughs> yesterday that if he were to play, <laughs> it would be in limited snaps. Do you believe a second? No. I don't either. No, he is in a pursuit. For 2,000 yards. Yeah. They anything, are going to force feed him as, as long as it doesn't take them out their game plan, you know, and, and out a potential of winning a ball game, they are going to force feed Tyreek Hill the ball. So, who do you put on him? <laughs> did, did you hear the gulp that time? <laughs> I don't know how you stop him. I, I truly don't. I still have more homework to do in terms yeah. of teams that were successful against him. I have to figure out what the common what the commonality was there. It's not a but, whole lot of them. But from what I've seen on film, I don't know how you stop them because of how they're scheming it up for him to get free. From what I know, it's disguised coverages, and it's coming from Tua not being able to get the ball to him. Okay, that's I, that's, that's what I see. Okay, that's what I've seen as well because I'm I'm literally looking at every single catch that Terry had, has had all year. That's what I'm currently in the process of doing. It's going to take That's you all week. Yeah, I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking at it. Yeah, I'm, I'm having fun. But I'm looking at it in terms of how teams are trying to stop him. Like, what are the coverages that they're running? A lot of teams are trying to run cover two. Hardly anybody's running single high. Okay? Whenever you run single high coverage against him and you run, obviously not man. Okay, that's dumb. But if you try to run cover three against him, he's running an over route. He's oh. running an over route. And it's, he's getting over the top of you, over the top of your coverage, your second level to coverage, and he's beating you across the field. If you try to run two high safeties, it's crazy how fast this ball comes out versus too high. Most times you try to sit back and hold the ball and try to wait for a little hole and, and cover two. Mm-mm. These guys are getting the ball out with him five yards down the field. He's literally catching the ball, setting his feet, and they're pulling out those linebackers. They're pulling out those corners that are sitting in those, those responsibilities underneath coverage, and they're driving the ball to him. He's catching it right behind the linebacker. And time after time, linebackers are jumping up, trying to swat the ball down. And it's just, when it's on time, it's boom, it's in his hand. And now he can see both safeties. And, he's, and he just does what he does. So his best game this year was probably in their opener against the Chargers. Mm-hmm. He was targeted 15 times. He had 11 catches for 215 yards Jeez. and two touchdowns. I mean, just monster game. It was his worst game. They beat the Chargers by two points. So, I'm just saying that. Like, he can still game? go off and they can still 
the, that doesn't mean they're going to win. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's what I'm saying. As long as it doesn't take them out of their potential of winning the ball game, out of right. their out of their element, out of their game plan, yeah. then they're going to try to force feed them. But let's not. We have to remember that as much as they can just give Tyreek the ball, you still have a waddle. Yeah. yeah, you can't you can't forget about that dude on Mostert. the other side. Yeah, and then you have yeah most of that can catch the ball as well, right? Gesicki yeah. obviously was a respectable tight end, but they can turn around and hand the ball off. And you talk about how they how high they're rated in terms of play action. If you have if you have to respect their run and you have to come downhill, but you still have to sit over the top of the over the over the receivers, like that is why they're yeah. successful. His worst game is probably the last one. I mean, he only had he had sixty one yards on four catches. 25 of it came on, on one play. You're talking yeah. about the one where he sprained his ankle, left the game, came yeah, back in? Yeah, that's yeah. probably the lowest, because the other one would would have to be probably the very next game after the Chargers. They played the Patriots, and he, I mean, he had 40 yards and a touchdown, but for well, him, that's not. You got the Buffalo game, three receptions for 50 That's the yards. one I was yeah. looking at, too. Yeah. I've got three games here. So you were talking about teams that have shut him down. Yes. The, there's only three games this year where he hasn't had either 100 yards or a touchdown. And it's the Tennessee game where he was injured, like John's talking about, had the 61 yards, no no touchdowns. Uh, Kansas City, he had 62 yards on eight receptions, so they kind of kept him underneath. And they're halfway across Zero the world, touchdowns. too. you got to factor that one in. Yeah, that's fair. That was across <laughs> the pond, wasn't it? Uh, and then they had the Buffalo game. So those are the three games yeah. where they shut him down. And, I mean, shut him down. They limited him <laughs> to under 100 yards and didn't have him find the end zone. They're 0-3 in those games. So if you find a way to shut him down, you f- you keep him limited. You've got a chance, even with those other weapons, Agreed. to win the ball game. But that's easier said than done Facts. of what Tyree Kill is able to do. All right, when we come back here on Talking Cowboys, it's time for some national storylines. Plus, we're going to revisit a topic we talked about yesterday. Which colleges have had the most success with the Dallas Cowboys as players or providing players for this roster? When we come back with more Talking Cowboys after this. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites in a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at GetJackBlack.com slash Cowboys with the code CowboysVIP. That's GetJackBlack.com. Black.com slash Cowboys with the code CowboysVIP. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. This portion of the show is brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. Back here with Isaiah Stanback, John Machota, Nick Harris, Chris Beam in the back. I'm Kyle Yeomans. John, it's time for some national storylines yeah i wanted to start by revisiting something we talked about yesterday when we were talking about michigan not having a lot of success recently uh with the dallas cowboys in terms of players being drafted let's hope so, that turns around we've got two guys that we're kind of counting on right right now. so i wanted to go back and, and look and go because 
and that turned in us talking, okay, well, what school has had probably the most success with the Cowboys? And so uh, in terms of draft picks, Tennessee and UCLA have both had the most drafted by the Cowboys, 17 each. Mm. Or that's the most for the Cowboys from any one school, Tennessee and, and UCLA. Name the best Tennessee player Dallas has ever had. Got to be Witten. Yeah, right. Yeah, and that's... UCLA would probably be Troy Aikman. Yeah. So then next would be Florida at 16. So Chaz Green. I'm I'm just, I didn't, Chaz. I couldn't go past that. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a Florida State sorry. Emmett Smith, obviously there. But third at 15th is Oklahoma. And I would say Oklahoma is probably the one with the most success. So the reason, Troy Aikman. <laughs> because, yeah, Troy, oh, Troy wow. Aikman did play there for two years. Yeah. So that's part of it. CeeDee Lamb right now. Yeah. Um, DeMarco Murray. Up, DeMarco. Roy Williams. Hmm. And then Ralph Neely, who was an offensive tackle for them uh, in the 60s, uh, was on the all-decade all, uh, team in the 60s. So I would say Oklahoma's probably been the one that they've had the most success with um, hmm. of all schools. But there's clearly not. Like, if you look at the Cowboys, like, top, whatever you'd say, 30, 40 players of all time, there's, like, almost no overlap with anyone going to the same school. Because, I mean, let's be honest, when Gil Prant was finding a lot of these guys, it was a lot of small school stuff yeah. where, yeah. you know. So anyway, but I just wanted to clear that up because I wanted to, to look back because it had me thinking. Uh, Storylines, two that stand out with me uh, right off the top. Matt Patricia taking over as the D.C. for the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm. Like, when I look at things like this when they happen, I always look at it as from a reporter covering a team. And I just think of how would it be if this happened with the Cowboys? And so I want to get your guys' take on it. Do, to me, it seems like a little bit of a panic move that they're doing this, they, that they went from Sean Desai to now Pat, Pat or Matt Patricia is the one mm-hmm. calling the defense for them. And with your answer, factor in what it would be like in week 15 if it was Mike McCarthy giving play calling to Brian Schottenheimer and how that would be received in, in, in the Cowboys world. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Do you think it would play an impact? You don't think that looks bad? Like that looks like, hey, we're scrambling right now. That was my first thought was yeah. scramble whenever they they made that move. Yeah, but I'm not in those meetings to know like who's feeding ideas, who's you know what I'm saying? Like I don't it's, it's kind of hard to say from the outside. Yeah, but perception is kind of reality in these situations. From the outside. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that's what we're talking about here. Like, okay, the, like yeah. perce- that's perception I'm is reality I'm in this instance. Internally. And like the perception is that they're scrambling. They're yeah. getting an offensive guy to call defensive plays. And like you said, in week 15, it, it, it looks weird. It looks weird. That w- I, I would see it more as like, gosh, I don't know. If like Robert Prince all of a sudden was calling coverages, you know, it's just like I'd, that'd be goofy. You know, it's goofy. It's a little goofy. I, I just, it's, it's I mean, I'll, I mean, it is the Philadelphia coaching staff. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll just do it. We'll use the Cowboys. We'll do the same side, side of the ball. So all of a sudden they just, they come out week 15, Dan Quinn's not calling the defense anymore. We're just going to go, hey, man, that's fine. No, yeah, not not a big it. deal. That yeah. literally would be all we would talk about. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. that would be all that would be talked about nationally. Yeah. No, it's, it, no, it's not that big of a deal. Everything's fine here. And then also, by, by the way, after that happens, then, you, then again, he'll lose. lose another game. Do you think Patricia, just being the name that he is, former head coach, he's kind of bounced around the league a little bit and been successful as a coordinator in other places, do you think that's a reason why they say, nah, it's not a big deal, and they're able to kind of rely on it? Do you think that plays a factor? Yeah, I think so. I mean, when you factor in the experience, if it was a nobody, it would be a little bit different, right? Yeah. It would be like, okay, who's this offensive guy calling defensive plays? I guess there's a lot of validity in that. and He's got the Bill Belichick background. I mean, that's he's got the strongest tree you can be a part of, I think, in the NFL. I'm so, just waiting for Isaiah to get a call. Well, from, from your perspective, Isaiah, do you think a move like that is made without at least some players speaking up and saying, Something needs to change here. Yeah. Or do you think that just simply the coaches are just like they're in their their coaching meetings and Nick Sirianni goes, something has to change. Matt, you're calling the defense now. Because I took it as there's probably been some players that are pretty frustrated and are like, something has to change. We have to do something. Or do you think it's just a coaching thing? I don't think players are speaking up like that anymore. It's not allowed. Yeah, it's been discouraged, man. I mean, it's been been players speak up about that stuff quite often. Where? All over the media. I mean, look at Micah Parsons. I don't even think he's been the the roughest extent of it, but he speaks up over anything he wants to talk about. I think the players have just as much of a voice now as they ever have in the league, especially with their own coaching staffs. Yeah. 
I don't know. I don't know. I think obviously on the social media platforms and things like that, but internally I don't see it being – everything's on eggshells now. Everything's on the, – the players are, are coddled nowadays and coaches are – I don't know, man. It's, All right, it's so this is a good generation. segue to my second story. Mm-hmm. There's no coddling going on with this one. So, again, I, I, I like comparing this stuff to how it would be with the Cowboys. Can you imagine late in that game we'll use – oh, I don't know. Let's say this week against Buffalo – that the cameras catch Mike McCarthy just screaming at Dak on the sidelines the way that Sean Payton was screaming at Russell Wilson. Mm. Because it made me think of that because the way you say it doesn't happen as much anymore. And when I saw that, that's what I thought of. Is I was like, man, you really don't see that anymore, especially from a proven yep. franchise quarterback and, yep. a, and a proven uh, you know, head, head coach. coach in this league. Yeah. So I don't know. What, what did you guys think about that? And how do you, how do you guys think that would be received in Dallas? <laughs> If, if it was if goodness, if it was happening in Dallas, there's a lot that would be talked about. Oh, we saw the Trayvon, you know, talking a little mess to Dad during training camp. Training how camp, that, right. how big that got. You can only imagine if it was Week 15 and it was McCarthy. Somebody Dad, tweeted yeah. about that this week, and they were like, "This is why Trayvon wanted wanted to to fight Dak at training camp." I'm like, "That that's not how that happened, guys." Like, well, first off, there's is. a lot of fallacies in there. Yeah, there was yeah. a lot wrong. That was exactly if, the. It was like like that's what, exactly why Trayvon wanted to fight Dak. But like people are still bringing it up, whether it's wrong or not. But you're right. Like that was player to player trash talk. That was just competition at its finest. You take a head coach talking to a franchise quarterback in the most visible sports organization in the world. It's it would blow up. It would be an absolute massive story. Probably more than it needs to be, but it would be a completely different. I don't disagree that it would be a big story and it's probably talked about but like if he was being held accountable then what's wrong with it i don't care like that's like people are put on pedestals too often yeah you know like way too often um that's the one thing that i really appreciated about my time in new england coach coach belichick he didn't give a dog on who you were yeah everybody was held accountable held to the same standard he like you don't i'm not gonna not curse you out because because of who you are to the team like no absolutely you're gonna get the same work the way everybody else gets coached like there's a standard here and like just because you're in that position doesn't mean that I'm gonna approach you differently to the team because everybody's watching. But yeah. I've never seen Bill do that publicly. I've seen O'Brien, Bill O'Brien do it. Yeah, you know, to, to Tom. But I'm saying I've never seen Bill do that. Bill Belichick do that on the sidelines to a player. I can see him doing that behind the scenes being a possibility. But I have never. I can't think of a time where he just was going to town. On someone that's on the sideline, that's like not that. his style. Like, he doesn't get outside of himself. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. Coach Belichick doesn't get outside of himself. He'll curse you out with a strip, the same face that you guys see on TV. Like, look, man, you're yeah. a B. I really don't like. like this what what the are here. you doing? I mean, <laughs> honestly, what the heck was that? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you're yeah. not gonna get uh, out of this world. Like Sean Payton, Sean Payton, a kid at Foxborough High that can yeah. make that catch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right now. That's exactly what he's gonna tell yeah. you. But like, like Sean Payton's not that way. Sean Payton's more emotional. Yeah, and that's just him. That's true. That's good. That's just him, and that that's his coaching style. And if you if if Russell Wilson was messing up, then get in his butt. Yeah, get in his butt. It's no different than him telling him stop being soft this offseason. Like stop worrying about all the other stuff. Like focus on football. He did. That was public. That was before he even started coaching the team. Strategy. Yeah. He certainly didn't want to say that that's what he was talking about, though, after the game when he was asked about it. He said it was they were arguing about some call or he was bringing up the call that happened in the game. And then when there was a follow-up question asked, that's when Sean goes, I don't have to tell you what I said to Russ. So that's when Facts. you hear that that probably wasn't Facts, what man. was being talked I like about. It. <laughs> I like it. That's old, I mean, it's, an old school, it's an old school coaching staff. It is old school. It's an old school sure. coaching staff. And that's what I'm accustomed to. Like, this new stuff is... It's different, man. And maybe it's he thinks, different. You know what? And maybe he thinks that Russ can handle it, where maybe he wouldn't do that with another player, con- you know? I don't think he's concerned about it. Yeah. I don't think like there's so much concern about how you approach guys now and what can I do? Are they going to tank? Or are they going to like? It's how it should be, honestly. Yeah, it's just, man. There's, there's more attention and there's more cameras on this game with every year that passes, and yeah. you know you catch more of those things. Some people are self cognizant of it, and yeah. some people like Sean Payton aren't. I, I facts. I don't. I don't think there's a wrong or right side to the coin. You know, I don't. If I'm Sean Payton, I don't care that you're making thirty eight million dollars this year. Exactly, I'm going to tear I you think up there just as much are as, more coaches now concerned about perception sure. than they yeah. are about coaching. 
the way sure. that the way that players should be coached. They're, right? They're taking I, they're taking different angles to coaching because of how things might be perceived. Mm-hmm. Sean Payton obviously doesn't care about that. Well, and if you're wrong, you're wrong. I'm gonna let you know about it in the moment. That's okay, and I completely agree yeah. with you there. But perception in the moment is sometimes when the cameras are on. You don't know if Sean Payton's like that behind closed doors. Absolutely. What kind no, of relationship absolutely. they have there too? But it goes back to what Nick was saying in the last question of perception is reality a lot of times these coaches are hired and fired based off of perception and that's what the coaching carousel is to a certain extent the perception drives whether or not they get a job at a high level or a different organization down the line or whether they get to stay with their current organization so i i can see why they're concerned about perception but also behind closed doors they could be a completely different person it could be a completely different situation but Good conversation, though. Yeah. You got one, another one, or are we good? I think we're good. Okay. Yeah. You, or do you have another one? I was just going to say, you guys think that the MVP, if it oh. goes down to San Francisco, should be the quarterback no. or the running back? The running back. McCaffrey, man. That, I've been screaming McCaffrey for weeks. I don't yeah, I don't understand here. it. I don't understand George it. Kittle said Weird. that the other day. Purdy said it, too. Purdy did, too? Purdy said that McCaffrey should be the MVP. I, I think it's a no-brainer. It should be. McCaffrey. Yeah. If it comes down to San Francisco and nobody's just to tie, up. just to tie it back in the Cowboys real quick. Did you guys in twenty sixteen, did you guys think that Dak should have been rookie of the year or Ezekiel it? Because mm. I thought it was kind of similar. Like it could go one Zeke, or way. Uh, for, I think in the moment back then it was Zeke for me, but you could have made the case for either. Yeah, I think both were there. But yeah. I probably would have given the edge to Zeke in that regard. And Dak won it and Zeke won offensive player of the year. Yeah. Is that yes. what, yeah, that's what I yeah. thought. Okay. I wasn't paying attention back then. <laughs> what were you paying attention to in 2016? I wasn't getting paid for the Cowboys to, to cover him. Okay. He was staying steadfast is what Absolutely. he was doing. Absolutely. I was there doing the go. business. Yeah, he was trying to get that thing set up. He's getting that nice little jacket made. That's what it was. It's good. I like that. Did you, get, did you get one made for me back in 2016? Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> All right. That does it for us here on Talking Cowboys. Great job, as always, setting up those storylines. Lots of fun conversations around the league and tying it back to the Cowboys as well when we come back tomorrow it's time for QB vision we're going to take a look at the Cowboys offense versus the Miami defense don't sleep on this Miami pass rush they've got some guys that can get home as well and pressure the quarterback we'll talk about that in depth tomorrow for Chris Beam Isaiah Stanback John Machota Nick Harris I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from talking Cowboys we'll see you in the morning this has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?